my whole thing is I want to give, you know, these outliers or these people that uh, maybe don't have a platform, a platform to do their thing. And hopefully we can kind of put a little bit of a spotlight on them and, you know, help them shine. Cause there are a lot of great people doing a lot of cool stuff. They just don't have the ability to kind of uh, get it to the masses. Right. And, and so I think that's a little bit where my talents are helping them get to that next level. If you wonder about entrepreneurship or have some beliefs that you can't lead from a place of joy and make a great living, then my chat with this week's guest, Ever Gonzalez, the founder of Outlier HQ, is going to change your mind about that. And I say my chat because this conversation is like listening to two friends chatting over coffee, which I think both Ever and I were sort of craving when this recording took place a few months back. So this is a really authentic insider look into how one thing leads to another when you're coming from a place of core and letting that be the navigation point for how you create what you want to create. That said, season five is the begin podcasting season and Ever's company, Outlier HQ, is a wonderful platform he's created based on his podcast, also called Outlier HQ, where he hosts podcasting events and has developed an amazing community of outliers that I'm proud to say I'm a part of. The community building aspect is a personal interest of mine, so we definitely dive into that in this episode, and even more so in tomorrow's Bold Basic episode, so be sure to tune in tomorrow as well for more on the subject. One little thing I want to correct at the end when I ask each guest where to connect with them, the website that's mentioned has changed. So for now, all things Ever Gonzalez and Outlier HQ, be sure to visit outlierpodfest.com. And the link is, of course, in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get started. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host of People Begin. I am so glad you're back here with me. We have an awesome guest for you today who, if you're interested in podcasting and the podcasting community, you should definitely know about. And I'm very grateful to say that I have not only attended and spoke at some of his events, but also sit on the board of advisors. Thank you. He is generous in nature, always, always asking how he can help and always trying to bring people together. And he has a knack for building community, obviously. Welcome, Ever Gonzalez. Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I've been uh, waiting for this for a little while now, and so I'm excited to be here. Yay. I'm excited to have you on. It's, I feel like it is a little overdue, so thank you for, for making the time and joining me today from uh, Austin, Texas, Austin, right? Austin, Texas is right. How long have you been living there now? So it's been uh, about seven months now. Yeah, we got here last summer. You know, we'd, I'd been coming out to Austin for a while, uh, every summer and every, uh, you know, Christmas holidays, just because my family's out here. And so I, I knew some of the people out here already. Uh, and then when mm. I was here officially, I was like, I called those same people that I already knew and said, who do I need to know? This is what I'm doing. Who do I need to meet? And then they were, they were great at, at setting up meetings and I just followed through. And, and even I cold called and cold emailed a lot of, uh, people that I wanted to connect with a lot of the movers and shakers in, in media and events here in Austin. And there are a ton. It's a, it's a hopping place for entrepreneurship. Ah, so you just moved from Utah, but you're not originally from Utah, right? No. So I'm originally from Southern California, from Long Beach area. Grew okay. up there, right? Uh, I was about um, almost 30 by the time we moved to Southern Utah. Um, what brought you there? Uh, we were, my wife and I were ready to start a family. And so 
property was cheaper in uh, in, in Utah, and we were thinking, all right, we're going to go start a family, flip a couple houses, and then we'll go back out to another big city, right? St. George, maybe, maybe 100,000 people there. Um, mm. So we moved out there in 05, 06. Obviously, the, the real estate market crash in 08, we were holding a couple different properties, right? And uh, left holding the bag when that all kind of went down, and it took us a little bit to kind of recover um, financially mm-hmm. from all the, the property that we were holding. But it was still, it was a great, great place. We had, we have three kids. Uh, we started raising them there, and now that they're a little bit older, we're like, okay, let's go, let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere bigger. And my family's already in Austin, so we decided to come out here. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. So that being said, I feel like you have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I feel like entrepreneurs have that risk factor and kind of have to to push forward something that others might be afraid to jump off and do. So can you just tell me a little bit about your background there and how you got started? What inspired you to take the leap and what you were doing? That's a lot of questions, but what you were doing before. Sure. Yeah. And so my background is in logistics, right? So freight management, um, did that in started a job as a logistics manager at a startup when I was 20, maybe 21. I had no idea what a logistics manager was or did, but, uh, you know, I kind of answered a, uh, an ad and talked my way into a job that I was not qualified for. Uh, but I, I learned the ropes, right. And I was actually pretty good at it. So from there I went, to, I, I continued to kind of grow in the logistics field. And every single time I went somewhere new, I was like, I can do this. And I can probably do it better than my bosses can. And so I tried to learn as much as I, I could. And uh, eventually I started my own my own logistics company. Can and you just tell us what logistics are real quick? Yeah, like, so what does that mean? Move, I, I negotiated rates for uh, manufacturers, anybody that built stuff that wanted it shipped all over the world. So I negotiated rates between the manufacturers and the shipping companies. So trucking companies, airlines, uh, rail, those type of things. And I was kind of the middleman, right? Making sure that goods got to where they needed to go in a timely manner and as cheap as possible for my clients. Wow. So negotiating, that's a skill that must carry you through a lot of what you're doing now. And that's fascinating because so many of us could learn how to do that better. Can you give us any quick tips on how to negotiate? Well, like just what, what's one piece of advice you would give? Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm the best negotiator. I mean, I've been successful at this, but but you know, I don't. I haven't read any books on it really. I just I know what I what I want to get out of the the meeting, right, or, or the uh, whatever we're going into, and I know what I I don't want to lose, right? and then everything mm-hmm. else in the middle is um, um, where I need to be. And so I try to put myself in the shoes of whoever is on the other side of the uh, the table, and you know, they want to win as much as I want to win, and I think. It's not like they want to destroy us. I don't want to destroy them. And so there's always somewhere in the middle. And, and if we can find that, if I can, if I have a sense of where they want to be, we can, we can make it work. And it, it usually works that way, but I'm not afraid to walk away either. Right. Cause we always had other options. Um, mm. When you walk in there desperate and saying, I need this to happen, then that you've already lost in my opinion. That's key right there. One of the best advice as I ever gotten from someone I, I asked some consulting from was don't be afraid to say no. In yeah. fact, say no first. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, huge. really? Yeah. And that kind of took me a minute to chew on with my, you know, uh, 
actor background, it's all about yes, you know, yes. you're trying to please all the time. So that was really interesting to hear. And uh, so I'm hearing that it's a really human experience because you have to have compassion for the person across the table and knowing what they want, knowing what you want. Mm -hmm. And be willing to say no. Yeah. You know, with the stuff that we were doing, at least it was not life and death. Right. I mean, w they usually wanted it as much as we did. We just needed to find a middle ground and uh, with enough compassion, enough communication, enough. You know, I never tried for the most part, try to swindle anybody. Right. We, we just we tried to make the deal happen. And uh, I think people noticed that on the other side of the table. And uh, usually we were pretty successful. And so I that's that, cool. Yeah. And so that was my career. And then I started my own freight management company sold it um in 2013 or so and so i'm sitting there thinking shoot what am i going to do now for the rest of my life because i was still you know in my mid-30s at that point um wow. and so i'm i'm talking about still being young and foolish i'm i'm sitting there thinking well i want to start a podcast because i like talking to people and i like business so i'll start a business podcast and so so i did and then and what was that called uh, outlier on there, which is still going 455 plus episodes uh, later. Right. And so, so that's where the name came from, from yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Sorry. Go ahead. And so we, <laughs> we took that brand, right? So outlier, we, um, I started a, a co-working space. I, I had no idea about co-working spaces or how they worked or anything like that, but I was like, well, I have some time and I'll, I'll figure it out. So we opened up a co-working space, uh, in St. George. So a lot of entrepreneurs, right. Can't come and work kind of give them cool space to do it. And so I'm like, I have this awesome space. We should have events. And so we, I started ho hosting events as well. And so that's where the whole media and events uh, side of Outlier HQ, which has, has, you know, started. And we hosted 200 plus events there at that co-working space. And from there, we took it to podcasting festivals and entrepreneurial events and pitch competitions. And again, we made a lot of mistakes, but we figured it out just because we decided to kind of jump in, uh, go all in. So why event spaces um honestly because i like people and yeah. i didn't want to work a nine to five right i mean that's the last thing i want to do uh, so the, mm -hmm. the older i get right the that's the the furthest thing from my mind and so i was thinking well i, I think i can make some money if i host events um, i'm pretty good at the logistics part of it and negotiating with with venues or sponsors or, or those type of, you know with different partners uh, and then i like hanging out with cool people and i like finding sometimes raw talent or talented people to kind of come and speak on our stage. And that's honestly one of the, my favorite parts of, of hosting events is being able to find people like you, right. To invite, to come and and speak and just kind of having that connection is huge for me. What do you get out of it? I'm just curious. Cause there's things that serve our, our well-being and our spirit and what makes us, like you said, you just like people, but what, how does that serve you? Do you feel? Yeah. So I, I, a couple ways, right. So, it serves me because my network grows, right? I invite a speaker to come. They they have a platform. We're able to connect one-on-one uh, -on -one usually with, with the speaker. I'm able to connect with them. And then being able to bring that knowledge that that speaker has to, you know, to the masses or to the people that come to my events that maybe normally wouldn't have access to that speaker. One of the things that I kind of, we take pride in with Outlier, the, the festivals that we have is, when we talk to the speakers, we're like, come and do your thing for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever, you know, whatever time we, we give them. And I'm like, but you need to stick around for at least half the day, right? Don't come in, do your thing and then get out. Because what we get out of it is the hallway conversations, right? The, those connections that my audience has with people like you, with the speaker, right? Now you saw her speak, you learned a lot. 
Now go have a conversation with her in the hallway and connect in, in a different way. At that point, it has nothing to do with us, right? Now it's just you and whoever you're talking to. And that's where some of the magic happens. And I think that's why we've had some successful events because we try to make it as easy for that connection to happen. And so, yeah, for, for me, that's where I, I enjoy it the most. Uh, it's not, you know, whether you connect with somebody or not, is it's not going to uh, cost me money or make me money. But I just feel good being able to kind of help people make that connection. It sounds like you really like to help people. You like to give knowledge. You want people to meet each other so they can help each other. You want to create platforms for people to come together so they can be together and learn. And it's it's it seems to be at the core, like a core value of yours almost. What do you think? I, I think so as well. Yeah, this, um, you know, my my wife and, and people that I talk to, right, I've had a couple of business partners uh, throughout the years and it's, I call myself the, a filthy capitalist with a hippie heart, right? But I'm more right. of a hippie heart than a filthy capitalist because I, 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 some, I let people into our events for free um, if they can't pay or whatever. And yeah, I would rather have people have a good experience there that really want to be there than to make a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, whatever the ticket price is at, at that point. And so, yeah, I, I really enjoy the helping part of it. And luckily with our sponsors and our partners, we're able to make a living off of it on that side. I, I just, I have a hard time a lot of times charging people for events when, you know, especially with COVID, right? It was a lot of people lost jobs and especially entrepreneurs and freelancers and podcasters. And so that's when I called my sponsors and uh, last year and said, listen, can you guys kind of step up and have some scholarships set up so that a lot of these podcasters come in, into our events? And, and they did it. So that, it was great. Blueberry did a, a huge job uh, uh, doing that and, and a few others. And it was uh, it was pretty amazing. I it, saw that. That, that was, was a community. really cool. Yeah. They, yeah. they came together and helped uh, a lot of people attend our, our events. Oh, this is, I mean, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. I love what you, what you've done and how you just sort of organically found your next step and your next step based on just following the thread. I think a lot of us do that, but there's some, there's like an inner compass. I think when we do things like that, where it's like, oh, well, I like this. And you're considering what would make you happy first, which I think is really important to acknowledge versus like you said, with the real estate, um, where you're kind of chasing a buck maybe at first, and you kind of either fall in love with that process of flipping houses or you don't. But at the end of the day, I think with the things we pursue do have to serve more than just the the checking the box of making money part. So I, I just want to acknowledge that in, in your journey. Yeah, it feels what like you, er, early yeah. on in our career, I think there's nothing wrong with making money. And I still certainly want to make money and, and make as much as I possibly can. But there's a balance too uh, mm-hmm. there. And uh, at this age with how young my kids are and everything, I, I don't want to go be an executive somewhere working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week to make a ton of money, right? And so I've been able to find something that still provides for my family and, and then some, but I work when I want to work, right? There's nobody's waiting for me to do something for the most part. Nobody's going to lose um, their life if if I don't show up or if I don't do something that day or, re- or reply to that email, and so it's been it's been pretty good, right? I mean, it's it's uh, again a life balance that I'm willing to kind of lean on this side a little bit more, where I have a little bit more freedom to kind of chase the projects that I want for a little bit less money, and 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 I'm okay with that right now. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out because I think I was just having this conversation before we jumped on, actually, in saying that I don't I think 
I think we need to start shifting our mindset around being entrepreneurs or artists or whatever those uh, independent sort of roles can be in not making money. I, I don't think that's aligned well. I think you can have the balance of both. I don't see why not. There's plenty of people out there doing it. There's so many ways sure. to make money. I really want that to be understood to the listener. You know, it's you can do what you want and be happy and make make the money you need to make Agreed. to to live your life in the way that you'd like to live it. And you were and, you were right in the thick of this, right? Do you find that don't you think COVID kind of it shifted a lot of people's mindset, I think, right? I mean, a lot yeah. of us suffered, a lot of us, you know, uh, there's some some heartache uh, and some hardships there, but I think sure. a lot of us still were able to see like, oh, wait, I don't have to drive an hour to get to the office and work eight, nine hours and then drive an hour back. Like, mm-hmm. I think I've seen, a, it, it feels like a shift, especially yes. with entrepreneurs and freelancers and creatives. And you're in that world too. So what, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember... Th- when I kind of had this epiphany at the beginning, I went, oh, this year's going to be hard, but a lot of people are going to shift and I get to still do everything I want to do. I remember thinking that and knowing that it, a lot of things were going to change, but there was going to be a light and a dark and the light was going to be kind of to your message of the shift. People kind of seeing their lives in new ways and realizing what matters might rise to the surface and learning what we maybe can let go of or what we can exist without how we fill that space how we cope all of that that can be a painful process to have this kind of a shift as well i just want to acknowledge that but it's part of the reason why i'm doing this podcast series the way i'm doing it now is to serve the people who are looking at themselves in the mirror in a new way and going, oh my God, I've been thinking about this idea my whole life. I finally had time to really think about it and maybe put some action steps to it. So sharing with people like you ever about your process and how you've done that can really shine light on how they might get started or what they need to think about or why community is important when you're getting started or how we self-care and balance the two, right? Money and and what we yeah. need for joy. So that's literally what we're doing is I acknowledging I that. Good. Yeah. I think thanks for pointing that out. Sure. So we're talking about creativity a little bit as well. Do you think of yourself as creative? Uh, in certain ways, not, not when I'm around a lot of the, the people that I hang out with. Right. I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that, um, I bring all the creatives together, right. And then mm. let them kind of shine and do their thing. I'm not as comfortable in front of the, you know, on stage, although I do it and I'd like to think that I do it okay. And, and, uh, but I enjoy kind of bringing it all together with my logistics background, right? Bringing all these people and all the, you know, all the different strings that need to be pulled and, and things like that. I, I thrive and I feel good when I'm around creatives, but, uh, not at the level. I mean, I'm certainly not at the level where I should be with the people that I hang out with, but, uh, maybe a little bit, but not, not overall, I don't think. So maybe you don't identify as a creative, I, but yeah. you are maybe. Uh, yeah. And I you're guess at least in, attracted in, to it. Yeah. yeah, I am. I'm definitely attracted to it. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm attracted to those people. And that's why I uh, enjoy doing what I'm doing because I'm able to bring those together. And uh, it's it's great. What is it that you like about what what's attracting you, do you think? Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the way they think. I like that it's, you know, their minds are just, you know, they're, they're always thinking about different ways to do things differently and you know, I love good storytellers, right? Uh, you being one of them, I, I love people that can just 
take something and make art out of it, whatever that looks, whether it's audio or, you know, visual, whatever it is, I don't, I don't care as long as they're passionate about it. That's, that's sexy. Like that's, that's something that I'd like to see. I like seeing passion from people and I don't care what they're doing, but if they're passionate about it, that's, uh, again, that's very attractive to, and, and it brings people in. Yes. I think, I think you just hit it. Like the passion that's so that's so human right so when you see someone who is in love or excited or is just amped up about something whether it be a math problem or an art piece it's it's attractive it's interesting you want to engage with it you know it's you want to watch it touch it talk to that person and dig in somehow sure. i totally get that 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 makes sense and it is about the passion i think so yeah thanks for sharing that um you didn't you start in audio drama science fiction network, uh, yeah, uh, Future Can we talk X about that? for sure. Yeah, okay. um, my partner Lee Schneider and I, we you know we we're, we love podcasting, we love the space. I'm a huge fan of uh, storytelling. My right, my my own podcast. We talk to entrepreneurs and creatives and all that stuff. But uh, I love the story um, uh, aspect of podcasting, uh, storytelling aspect of it. And so yeah, we started a, a network to be able to not only uh, produce our own shows, um, but being able to kind of pick out the shows that we like and have them be a part of our network. And yeah, we've been doing it for two years now. And Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been, okay. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess it ha- has been a little while. It's crazy how, how's how it time been going? Flies. Good. Yeah, yeah. we've, uh, you know, we, we've brought in a few shows that, uh, that we like, obviously being called Future X. We focus on, uh, you know, futuristic type of uh, themes. And so we have podcasts that talk about, like the future of work, what that, what's that going to look like? And so we have a show that focuses on the future of food and transportation mm-hmm. and then just, you know, politics or government. And uh, we, we we're trying to find out what's next, right? And so we bring on these experts or these storytellers to kind of tell us uh, what they think it's going to look like. That sounds super fun. My One of my clients' podcasts is called The Future of Work, so that's Oh, funny. yeah, good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and my first out. podcast was a science fiction audio drama that I created, I that, which is also... Sure. When I saw that you were doing um, a network for that genre, I was like, oh, that's so cool because yeah. I haven't seen that out there yet. Yeah, we've Why had, did you we've, choose sci-fi? Um, just because I'm a fan, right? I mean, it's um, with the movies and the books, right, that, that are already out there. And uh, a lot of new creatives are, are uh, kind of choosing audio dramas to kind of do their thing. And so we're like, let's kind of – my whole thing is I want to give – you know, these outliers or these people that uh, maybe don't have a platform, a platform to do their thing. And hopefully we can kind of put a little bit of a spotlight on them and, you know, help them shine. Cause there are a lot of great people doing a lot of cool stuff. They just don't have the ability to kind of uh, get it to the masses. Right. And, and so I think that's a little bit where we, where my talents are a, a little bit, right. To being able to kind of spot those individuals and helping them get to that next level, not on the creative side, but just more on the business side. Can you share with us what it is that you might help them with as they join the network? Yeah, so we help them with sponsors, right? We help them uh, connect with if they need uh, voice actors or uh, engineers. We kind of build a team around them to be able to uh, do what they do best, right? And and a lot of creatives are not, I mean, I'm kind of generalizing here, but a lot of creatives aren't necessarily strong on the business side. And a lot of the business people aren't necessarily strong on the creative side and Right. I think my brain works a little bit easier when it's more on the business logistics side of it. And so, yeah, we, we put talent around that individual to to be able to tell their story 
uh, and to build that podcast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of right up your alley as well. It, yeah, it is actually. And uh, as a producer, I had to ask those questions because I'm always just interested how other people go through their process or what they like to include or what's yeah. important to them, you know? So yeah, one of the things kind of where my one of the things that I like is that I, again, and this sounds horrible for, for uh, uh, a business person to say, but money is not the most important thing to me at this point in my life, right? And so I work with people and with projects that I personally love might not be the most popular or the the project that's going to bring in the most revenue. Mm -hmm. But again, it's because it's not that important to me. I I tend to choose things that are a little bit more niche or just, uh, you know, a little bit off beats that not everybody's going to love. But those are the kind of things that I, that I really enjoy, right? With, With our events, we host our events in like little weird spaces, right? I don't ever want to be in a hotel conference center. I don't want to be, you know, in your typical kind of venue. I, I like a little bit of oddball and I like to attract uh, oddballs um, and weirdos and outliers to our events and, and so far so good. And so that those are the kind of projects that I'd like to choose as well. Do you feel like that niche, that group is just more interesting? Oh, or definitely. Maybe have, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, you've, I'm sure you've been to conferences, not just podcasting conferences, but conferences in general. Sometimes they're a little bit too big and a little bit too stiff, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I enjoy it more when it's smaller and a very diverse group, not just the way they look, but the way they think, right? Um, I think that's uh, bringing in all those creatives and all those passionate people that are talented in, in a lot of different ways. That's without continuing to say this too much, but that's, I think that's where the magic happens, right? I mean, I think that's right. where the true connections happen. And uh, even if we were, even if we were making money at, at our events, uh, or if I wasn't getting any downloads on my podcast, I would continue to do it because it's just so fulfilling um, personally to me. That's really cool. So the, and that, that's something I have to acknowledge too, is that, you know, there's, it has to feel good, especially podcasting something that you're going to do weekly or day in day out has to feel good. Cause you're going to stop if it doesn't, yeah. you're just going to move on and do something else that's natural to do. But if you're getting into your next venture, if you're listening or starting a podcast and you're doing it because you're hoping to make all the money off of it right away, that's maybe not where you start. That'll come if you stick with it, depending on what you're, what you're creating. But I think it does have to really begin with the love and, and, and the passion hearkening back to the passion. So as a, pro- as a producer, when, when you see people, I'm assuming uh, podcasters or want to be podcasters are coming to you to want to work with you. What I, I'm assuming you, you're, you're turning some people away, right? I mean, and, and if you do, why is it, you, do you not see the passion or something that you're not interested in uh, personally? What, what would kind of lead to that? Yeah, good question. You were speaking my language when you were saying you kind of have to be aligned with with the people you want to work with and, and things of that nature. And I feel the same way, mainly because the experience won't feel mutual. Like talking about the negotiation table, it's the same idea where the person across the table has to walk away feeling like their expectations are being met. And if they don't have a good measure of success to get started and they're creating expectations that won't be met, ultimately, because the reality is, is they might be new and I might understand the journey a little bit more. Some people don't want to know that they're not going to succeed right away. And some people also might not realize how much work there is to put into something 
that's also why the joy and the passion have to be there. It has to be a labor of love in the beginning. You have to have the time and all of these things. So I usually do an intro call with a a private client that I'm going to like concierge with, meaning we handhold quite a bit with, with a bigger client, meaning big, meaning just we're going to walk you through everything um, versus someone who just shows up and wants some post-production or show management. Someone who I'm working with one-on-one is kind of fits the model of this question better. And the way we have the conversation, I can usually tell, you know, how they're answering my questions and, what I, you know, I ask them what they're hoping to create. I ask them if they have an idea yet, you know, things of that nature. And, and, uh, usually, you know, we can, we, we get a sense of it. Some people want to push to work together anyway, and then there's ways to kind (laughs) of navigate out of that, but it's, it's a little harder. Um, if they're very insistent, that they just want to do it anyway, then I might just come up with a referral for them because I might not be the right fit as a, as a, the way I like to run my company, you know, you're called outlier. I'm a called avant house, which means avant garde, you know, cool. plus art house. That's, great. That's where the words come from. So it, it really does have to feel similar to what you described. It has to feel like for you, it has to feel aligned. It has to feel fun. I need to enjoy it because I'm going to be spending a lot of time with this project in person as well. And, uh, I want to, the more we feel good about it, honestly, the better it's going to do oh, for sure. because everyone's going to be working from a place of joy and passion and excitement versus task oriented, yep. you know, checking boxes, tax, tax oriented. And yeah, the last you know, thing I want, and it sounds like the last thing you want, we don't want to clock in and clock out, right? Do the job and then just can, you know, struggle through it and hate it. What we, yeah. there's no reason for that anymore. There's no reason for yeah. that. That's not why we're entrepreneurs. That's not it's, why it's we, right are doing what we're doing. We could do that. We could totally do that. I've done that for many years and I'm done with that. (laughs) And it's okay. I mean, some people, right. I mean, it works for them and that's what they want or or maybe that's the position that they're in at at that point. But yeah, luckily we're not right now and we choose something different and, and so far so good. And it's, it's working for us. Yeah. And I, and, and that, that, that's good to say because they're, it's a lot to be an entrepreneur and to, it's a 24 seven job job. It's a 24 seven experience, I should say. Uh, and there are moments where I miss leaving it at work. Yeah. I, I, yeah. there are moments where I wish I could clock out <laughs> and I'm still working on personally systems and organizations to get to a place where I can be more supportive to a team and strategize, uh, and there's steps being made towards that all the time, but, uh, there are, there are weeks where it's just a lot, you know? And so no shade on anyone who's like, I like to clock out and then spend time with my family. That's a great way to live too. If you like your job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, ever, this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing everything that you've shared so far. We're going to have another deep dive episode with you tomorrow, which is going to be a little bit more of the how-to and entrepreneurship and podcasting and community building. So if you're listening right now, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed so you get the episode right away. But before we go, Ever, can you just tell us where to find you? Yeah, um, everywhere. Uh, so it's outlierhq.com. So that's the website. You'll have links to obviously all the episodes that we've done and then all of our so- social media channels. Uh, and then you'll also be able to see kind of our calendar when it comes to our podcast festivals and our entrepreneur events. Yes. And actually for you who's listening, who's starting something new, 
Outlier, I think, is the best pod fest that kind of helps with that stage. So definitely check out the website. We're going to put that in the show notes for you. And then we're hoping uh, September to have a uh, a bigger event here in Austin, right? So kicking off our first event, and it's going to be almost two years, no, a year and a half. Um, so uh, we want to have it here in Austin, Texas, September. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I will try to make it. You should, absolutely. <laughs> You're going to be on our main stage. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ever. This is this is awesome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Be Bold Begin. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so as not to miss an episode. So the best way to ensure you get all the new episodes is by subscribing. Help us build a positive community by joining the Facebook group, also called Be Bold Begin. I'll be checking it daily to answer and acknowledge any of your questions and comments. Stay positive and safe out there.